Hi, welcome to the special Thursday edition of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. Haley was frozen for a second and my heart dropped to the floor. <laughs> that was, was frozen or was I just like sitting because No, you were you were frozen. Your eyes were closed. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, we're live on a Thursday. It's a little weird. And we're also live in the evening, which is also a little weird, not gonna lie. It's also storming outside. It's storming here, too. I don't know if you can tell by the color of my skin right now. I'm very pale. We're living life on the edge here. That's what we're doing. You know what? This show could end in five minutes because we lose power. But that's the kind of adrenaline rush content you get here at Fightful Overbooked. Um... Thank you guys so much for joining us. I know it's not our normal day, but Thursday is still just as good of a day as Monday. So thank you for joining us. We have a lot to talk about this week. Tag tag team wrestling has been super weird this week. A lot of things happened that I don't fully understand. So we're going to break it all down. We're going to have a good time. If you want your question, your comment read, make sure you submit a super chat and we'll read all of those. And I think that's all like our housekeeping stuff. Oh, next Monday we'll we will still be live Monday at three. Thursday is not going to be our normal time. This is just a special circumstance because of personal things that happen, but it's okay, guys. It'll be okay. It's Thursday tag talk. We love alliteration. Ace in the chat. He knows what's up. Anyway, let's get into it. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about this. So if you don't know. WWE had a pay-per-view. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso won the WWE tag titles. Um, they are, of course, a makeshift tag team. They, I don't think anybody thought that one of the Usos would be winning tag titles with a non-Uso or a not-member of the bloodline, but here we are. And I guess Cody finished the story. I guess. <laughs> I... I was not a fan of this, and it's funny, because Jackie's not here, but I could talk about it. I had been talking to Jackie, who's a queen. We were talking all night, and I had said to her, like, hours before this, I was like, I'll be okay if FTR loses if Cody and Jay don't win the tag (laughs) titles. And then it happened. This happened, like, the same night, too, so it was super weird, but it really threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it, and I don't think that I like it. What do you think? I love it. I well, I wasn't okay. I wasn't sure about it at first because I was like, uh, you know, like it's just giving Cody something to do and spin his wheels until you know we get back to Roman probably next year. Um, but now I love it after watching the press conference and them interact. Like I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. them. Like. I'm team, I don't know what their team name is, Kodusi. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I love them. I love it. Kylie, it's late. Leave me alone. I've been covering New York Comic Con all day. I'm tired, okay? I did like them at the uh, press conference. I thought that was, I don't know if they were drunk or just high on the wind. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. But... You know, they had some funny moments. It was kind of great. But I don't know. It, I just feel like it, to me, it's an extension of the lack of creative direction the Bloodline has had. And, and Cody as well, obviously. But the Bloodline especially. I don't know. I just haven't been really been feeling anything that the 
No. Uh, Jason uh, Major in the chat says Team Cussy. <laughs> that is too close to another word that we're going to move on from that. Also, like, we have we have bussy, like... But all we need is bussy. We don't need pussy. <laughs> that's... That's... Oh, I can't believe you started this, Ailey. <laughs> um, I'm open to more name suggestions for Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. I mean, we can, we can get creative with it. Um, But yeah, the bloodline as a whole, I've just kind of been like, eh, on them since... I mean... A little bit after WrestleMania, but it's just it's just kind of been blah to me. And I do think that Cody being in the mix with the bloodline is a good sign that they are still going forward with Cody as the guy to beat Roman, or at least that he's going to win a world title at some point. I don't know if that's Roman or whatever the situation is going to end up being because The Rock is apparently lurking around. Um, but I don't know. I just, the tag division in WWE was kind of in a good place. Like, they had some tag teams that they were getting going, and there was a lot of fun stuff happening in NXT, too, which I watched NXT this week, guys. I deserve a round of applause for that. I watched NXT. Uh, and NXT had some good teams, too, but it does feel, and you said, like, um, earlier that it's a way for Cody to kind of spin his wheels until he gets back to Roman. And it feels like the bloodline story has been spinning the wheels and spinning the wheels and they're burning rubber. <laughs> they're burning rubber at this point. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Um, I do think that Cody is the guy to be Roman. Cause I don't think there's anybody else apart from the rock who you could really have in that spot. And I, I pray to God, it's not see that especially like, because I feel like it really depends on the SAG strike right and how yeah. negotiations go and who knows when that's ending obviously things have been suspended as of now um so i think it's really going to depend on that but i also still don't think that roman and rock needs a title like i think the match sells yeah. itself without the title so uh, oh 100 percent, especially with paul Heyman um in, in nxt this week because nxt went head to head with dynamite that little segment of him trying to recruit the rock's daughter into the, the bloodline because if you don't know the rock's daughter his i think it's his oldest daughter uh is training at the performance center which is super cool i love that um but yeah i'm just i don't know i'm just i'm just not interested in roman i guess at this point because it feels inevitable that whatever he's doing uh is just gonna be filler I guess is it like it's a filler episode for this season of WWE, but this episode of NXT was kind of fun. There, it was a little bit strange. I thought um, Cody being on NXT to cut a long promo where he says basically nothing was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long promo. I don't know the exact time on it, but I was shocked, and he didn't say a whole lot of anything with substance, especially since he just won the tag titles. But it was okay. Um, but I do think that WWE is still invested in Cody. Fingers crossed still invested in Cody. They're still going to do something with him. And Jay Uso being part of it, I mean, it's good for Jay Uso. Because uh, I feel like Jimmy Uso kind of gets, uh, especially the last couple years, he's like the, the Jeff Hardy of the Usos. He's like the one that draws the attention. He's the one who gets kind of the spotlight. So Jay being in that spot is fun. Um and maybe they'll circle back to Sammy and KO. Maybe they'll do something else. I don't know. But I'm kind of like, 
I'm a little iffy on this whole. I don't think that they needed to win the tag titles. Uh, I want to go back up here for a second just to show some random. It's my the Seth and Finn shirt from SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, Sabrina says, Haley, what does your shirt say? And it's a wrestling. I'm not wearing a wrestling shirt. I'm wearing a Bigfoot shirt. Hello. Of course. Did you, you, know, you, you sent me that video. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's Bigfoot or if it's a guy in like a, a hunting suit, but hey. It was really convincing. Yeah. I was convinced. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but uh, to your point, um, Tyler says, come Survivor Series, do we see the Bloodline and Judgment Day teaming in war games against Cody, Jay, Sammy, Kevin, and maybe a surprise return? Yeah. I definitely think that's what it's building for, especially with the interactions the Bloodline and Judgment Day have had the last few weeks. And that makes the most sense to me. I, I don't see either side if you could put someone else in there and it would make sense um i did watch on um, the list in your boy i think it was listen your boy uh sean had talked about maybe it would be judgment day and Rhea, and then a cody team with jade cargill and that would be kind of interesting and fun that was him just fantasy booking obviously that's not like anything official just fantasy booking uh which would be kind of fun but I do think that this, uh, like Tyler says, I think that's what they're building for. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I do love war games. I do think that Cody does best in these matches where he's kind of like can play that role of getting absolutely beaten and destroyed and massacred and come back and be victorious in that way. And I think that's a good way to kind of heat um, Cody, Jay, Sammy, Ko, all of those guys heat them back up. But I don't know who you put else. Who else you put on that team? Now that you say that, um, or I guess you and Sean, um, mm -hmm. that would be really interesting. Uh, especially if you know they don't want to put Jade in NXT and they're just trying to hot shot her right to, um, mm -hmm. you know, the main roster. I think that would be really interesting, especially because she's you know. One of Cody's, one of Cody's kids. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that would be really interesting. I would like to see that. That'd be cool. I think it would be fun. I think that, and it would give her enough space to breathe in that match. Where if Jade, I love Jade. I'm a Jade stan. Love her to death. Um, I do think that compared to like Rhea Ripley and Bianca and the other like that genre of women's wrestlers in WWE. I do think she's a little bit behind in ring wise. That's just the nature of like the AW system and how they're trained. Uh, but she, if, if WWE doesn't give her the performance center in a run in NXT, she doesn't have the luxury of um, the benefit of the doubt in WWE because just then how they're hyping her up and everything is going on. Um, so I do think going back to war games, I think putting her in war games gives her space to breathe. And she can do some cool spots and have some fun with it. And they can really, like, they don't have to, she doesn't have to wrestle every week. They can really take their time with her and slowly get her up to speed. Um, I think that's a good way to use her. Because she's a spectacle to look at. Like, she doesn't have to wrestle to be uh, that eye-catching. Because she's just, one, she's beautiful. And two, her physique is just incredible. There's no one like her on the roster. So, that's what I, I mean, it would be fun, um, but I don't think WWE does a whole lot of intergender stuff. Um, I mean, Mixed Match Challenge was kind of like their last hurrah of uh, 
mixed team. So I don't know. It'd be fun. I mean, they've been doing stuff with uh, Rhea and Dom now. Um, yeah. But I think it would also be a good way to kind of build to that match too because that's, you know, one of the big matches that people are talking about that they want to see Jade in, Rhea versus Jade. Um, and, you know, they could, like you said, take their time building to something like that, you know, putting her in something with, like, Natty or, mm-hmm. you know, people like that. Um, I think that would be really good for Jade. Yeah, and, you know... I don't think that Jade has to come onto the main roster and immediately be in the title picture. Um, That's ideal. But I think Jade really needs, in WWE, I think with this audience, she really needs to establish herself first. Um, Or else the audience is just not going to accept her. They're going to hate her. And we don't want this to be also a Ronda Rousey situation where she gets a great debut and people like her and then she just becomes unlikable because of booking and creative decisions and promos and that kind of stuff. So they can't really drop the ball with Jade because she doesn't have Cody's history and Cody's star power where she can cross over and fans will just immediately love her. She re- She's not studied from scratch, but she kind of is in some ways in WWE. So she doesn't get the Cody benefit of the doubt. And if they drop the ball with Jade... I think going into next year and in 2025, I think that'll be a major decision for other people who are wanting to go to WWE because you can get the Cody treatment or you can get the Jade treatment. I mean, Brian Pullman Jr. is there, but he's not part of this discussion. He's getting the NXT treatment. Um, But that will be like, you could get one or the other. So I think they really need to start her strong. Um, Ace in the chat asks, is Jade win or lose her debut? She has to win her debut. She has to immediately go for not maybe not a title, but someone who's super tough and someone the fans know really well, like Natty. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be Natty, but ideally someone like that who fans, you know, have a certain expectation for and they know that person. She's so good at selling and putting people over. And I think that would be great for Jade to work with somebody like Natty. She's really good at elevating these kind of younger girls. I definitely agree. And I think that fans have a lot of respect for Natty. I think she's reached that point of veteran status where fans are going to love to see her regardless. And they're going to root for her regardless. Um, So, But Jade also, um, to counter that, she needs to come out and be mean. Like she has to be a heel. Because it's going to be really, really hard to get someone like Jade whose whole thing is like... um, I like I'm, I'm money, like I'm high class, I'm elite, like no one can touch me. She, that's not like baby face material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what fans would choose to cheer her or not. I don't know. I don't know like WWE fans, how they're looking at the Jade thing. I know that they're excited to see her, um, but I don't know how many of them watched her in AEW. I have no idea. I'm not that plugged into the WWE fan base to know. But they really, I think, Jade as a monster heel against a babyface Bianca Belair. Um, that's like the, the, after a year, I think that's like where Jade should be. Uh, maybe WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam, I would say. That's where she needs to be. I agree. Um, I want to catch up on some super chats before they get loused in the shuffle. We have one from our friends at the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Whoa, whoa, it's Tech Talk time. It is. Special Thursday Tech Talk, which is always fun. Yes, yes, yes. 
and uh, we got a super chat from Ryan. How does Bigfoot tell time? He's got a Sasquatch. I love that. <laughs> I listen. If you're like an OG Tad Talk fan, you know this about me, but I am a Bigfoot like enthusiast. I I love Bigfoot. I love like all the conspiracies about Bigfoot. Bigfoot's my dude. Some, for some people, it's aliens. That's fine. For some people, it's like vampires. That's chill. For me, it's Bigfoot. It's funny because there was a time in Kylie and I's friendship where we were fully going to go on like a Bigfoot like retreat and just like go hunting for Bigfoot. And we, we would have found him. Like if I have, anybody could do it, it's us. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's no one like us. When Haley and I are together, we can survive off of air. No food, no sleep, nothing. Just air. We would have found Bigfoot. It's by sheer luck than anything else. We would have found him so quick, too. I just know it. We would have stumbled upon it. Between both of our, like, ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, all these guys with their Bigfoot hunting shows. All this, like, million-dollar equipment. We just stumble across it. All you need is a little ADHD and some mental illness, and you can find Bigfoot. You're trying too hard. That's why you're not finding Bigfoot. Think of all the people who have seen Bigfoot. Are they trying to see Bigfoot? No. They just see Bigfoot. Well, also, it's like, uh, I think it was Cleopatra. She said that, like, or allegedly said that, you know, if anybody finds her, it's going to be a woman and not a man. Like, that's going to be us with Bigfoot. Oh, 100%. I love that. We're, we're going to find Bigfoot and we will bring him on Tag Talk. What a Tag Talk guest. Bigfoot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it made me think of it because Ace of the chat says Mansoor on uh, Sour Graps was great. That was yes. incredible. <laughs> I was watching Sour Graps just for fun because, I, one, I am an AW fan and I'm a Sour Graps fan and they're going head to head with Sean. So, uh, and two, I just really, like, I watched NXT for the first time, guys. I had to be plugged into content. Uh, and then he came on, and I lost my mind. I, I didn't know it was going to happen. No one had told me. It was, and he was so nice. And it was so good. I didn't know this. Pat McAfee told a story of how he went hunting for Bigfoot in Georgia over the summer. Says he saw one. So we need to call up Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, come on Talk Talk and talk about Bigfoot. Do we need to do like a cryptid episode for Fightful Overbooked? We could do a Bigfoot show. Yes. Okay, I'll pitch it to Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, we're going to need to get on a Zoom. Um, I have a pitch. And it's me and Haley talking about cryptids. Listen, that's that's the kind of content Fightful Overbook needs, I think. And who better than us, you know? No, no, one, love... no one else could do that. No one else would do that. It's just that. Just... Yeah. <laughs> we have gone so far south. <laughs> We're only like 20 minutes into this episode. It's Tag Talk Thursday, baby. It is. Uh, do not ask Ryan for dad jokes. Ryan has an endless <laughs> supply of dad jokes and we'll give them to you. Yes. Uh, the only way Ryan's allowed to tell dad jokes on our show, though, is through Super Chats. That's the rule. If you want to tell a dad joke, Ryan, anybody, submit a Super Chat. That's the rule. No dad jokes in the chat. 
Um, anyway, moving on from Bigfoot talk, uh, because I could go on and on about Bigfoot. I have so many theories. But back to WWE. I'm afraid. I guess it's my thing. <laughs> Segue from Bigfoot to just I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of WWE, not Bigfoot. Bigfoot would never hurt me. WWE would. Um, Survivor Series is going to be fun. Um, I know there's like, I hate bringing him up, but the CM Punk stuff. I don't think CM Punk is going to be at Survivor Series or part of War Games. I saw people today saying that he was that they were. <laughs> that he was going to be part of war games he's not um subscribe to fightful select and you'll know why i'm saying that uh but it's okay wwe is in a good spot you know the product's hot fans like it even if i don't like it fans do um and i will say i watched nxt for the first time in like two years and i posted one take on nxt and i got hate comments (laughs) so I I think it's because I've been so public that I don't watch WWE like mm-hmm. as it airs. I'll watch stuff after because I don't have time. And I got a hate comment. So I'm never watching NXT again. I'm traumatized. And it's funny because I thought you were watching AEW. I didn't even know you were watching NXT. So I'm like in our group chat, like posting like pictures of Jade because I'm like, oh, I'm the only one watching. Like I want to show them whatever. And nobody responds. And I'm like, okay. And then I see Kylie was out here watching NXT the whole time. <laughs> I was like in my head, I was like, I can watch both. And I shouldn't have done that because it was a lot of work to watch both. But I did. I was like, you know, John Cena's there. Um, Undertaker. Undertaker was there. (laughs) I think I'm going to miss that. I I was expecting the Undertaker to be like Dead Man Undertaker and he was Motorcycle Undertaker, which is American badass. It was, like, a little bit disappointing. And John Cena was a little bit weird, if we're being honest. It was a little weird. And Cody was definitely weird. But I watched NXT, and I deserve praise for that. Not um, people being mad. Uh, it's, it's Is pro wrestling done with punk? I, I don't know. Um, Haley and I have talked a lot about CM Punk, and our consensus is we have no clue. AEW is done with punk. WWE is presumably done with Punk. Punk is gonna punk, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if CM Punk starts his own little ragtag indie promotion, to be honest. Honestly, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, where he can be, like, the the guy, um, the booker, the star. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, And I wouldn't be opposed to it either. But I don't know what CM Punk is doing. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Um... What I do know is that NXT was weird. Is it like that every week? Couldn't tell you. Uh, it was a good time, though. AW was also a good time. Um, I will say, the fact that this was not this week. This was prior. Um, I guess we can just segue into AW now. So, they announced FTR was going to defend their... their tag titles against Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And in my head, I'm not even thinking about this match. (laughs) Because to me, this is a one and done. FTR is a clear winner here because FTR Young Bucks at full year, right? I'm not even thinking about this match. Haley and I are talking about um, Collision. It's not even on our radar. It's like a filler match. Like, it's just there. 
and they open the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're going to give Ricky a showcase. Okay, give Ricky his showcase because he deserves it. And then they squash FTR and win the AW tag titles. I This was so confusing. People, well, people are saying Cash is injured, which apparently now he wasn't injured. People are saying um, that FTR is going to take time off, and now they're not taking time off, and they actually wanted to lose like this. It was so shocking to me that they lost that quickly and decisively to Ricky and Big Bill. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what to think about this, honestly. And now it makes me think about FTR's title that run in a different light too. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it's one thing to, you know, lose the tag team titles, but to lose them in a squash, like, that that was so surprising. And I, I had missed the first part of Collision. So when I saw you guys, like, panicking, like, oh my god, FTR lost, I was like, what do you mean FTR lost? Like, that's crazy. And, like, I, I don't know, I guess I wasn't expecting to see FTR and the Young Bucks so soon again, mm-hmm. like, wrestling again. Um, so I figured, you know, they're probably going to lose the titles at some point. And, you know, I thought that they were going to lose them to Aussie Open. But, you know, of course, Mark got unfortunately injured. Um, and that probably halted things. So they were like, well, you know what? We got Ricky. We got Big Bill. Okay. <laughs> it was it was so abrupt. I was so surprised. Um, I also, and I think we had both said, um, after the Bucks had won the not money in the bank match, um, I think we had both had said like it's a little too soon for Young Bucks FTR considering mm-hmm. they just had their match at All In. But that did seem like the direction. I I am of the belief, my own personal opinion, that Aussie Open would have won that match if Mark Davis hadn't been injured. Uh, it just seemed like it was going that way to me, at least. So Aussie Open Young Bucks then, that would have been full gear and it would have been a great match. And then you could build FTR Young Bucks for what revolution, I guess, would be the next big one. Um, but I'm am I happy for Ricky and Big Bill? Obviously. Like, Ricky deserves this. Uh, Big Bill, I don't think he's done as much as Ricky has to deserve a title in AW yet. Um but it was like such a weird way that it happened. So like they get rid of cash, like they destroy the announce table and then they just destroy Dax and they win the titles. It was so bizarre. Cause you know that these two teams could have a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I guess the Aussie open thing kind of threw a wrench into it. I don't know, but I do think that FTR didn't do as much with this title reign as I thought that, I don't know. I guess the way it ends kind of sours the entire run a little bit. I think if they had lost Aussie Open, maybe I wouldn't have these thoughts. But I, now I'm like, what was it all for? Because <laughs> Ricky and Big Bill haven't been a thing that long. And it definitely feels like um, it, this was like, who do we got? What can we do? It's Ricky and Big Bill. And Grapp said that Cash is injured, just not as bad as initially thought. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I figured that uh, they were going to get those titles off of them as soon as possible after I heard about all of them being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a shocking turn of events, man. Yeah, and I'm happy for Ricky, and I think Ricky's mm-hmm. going to do great things with this. Uh, I still think that Ricky Starks Big Bill versus Young Bucks mm-hmm. at Full Gear is a great match. 
uh, it has a built-in story. They don't have to do that much with it because the Young Bucks won the not money in the bank thing. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I just, I presume the Young Bucks win. And I mean, I, they have to, right? It's in California. Like, they have. The only, the only argument I've seen against that, though, is, like, you could really get a lot of heat on Ricky and Big Bill. Sure. That's so, true. I don't know. Like, you, don't always have to, you don't always have to have a hometown, like, you know, favorite, like, win, whatever. Yeah. But. And, I mean, AW has had a history of letting the hometown, you know, wrestler win their matches. So, it would, like, it would be unpredictable then. I still think the Young Bucks are going to win it. I really do. Um, and I don't know. I guess it depends, like, for what the Young Bucks do. When FT- – what is FTR doing? What is Ozzy Open doing? And not even just them. There's, like, a Bullet Club Gold is still part of the situation. You have um, the Kingdom, who is doing something with you know, MJF and Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, but they're still around. Um, Butcher and the Blade have been getting matches. So, they're like, there's other tag teams in AEW, I guess is what I'm saying. So, I don't know. I think the easy idea is Young Bucks win at full gear and move into a program with FTR again. But, I don't AEW could use it, really, to prop up other tag teams. They did it with Ricky and Big Bill. And you could do it with other teams. And I think I would like to see that. Like, it's not that I... I'm against seeing FTR and the Young Bucks again, but I just, I feel like that's another thing that's just, like, spinning its wheels and, like, you know, how many times do we have to see that match? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, like you said, there are other tag teams that I would like to see either the Young Bucks face or, you know, see Ricky and Bill go into a program with and really kind of, you know, elevate each other. I think that that would be cool. Yeah, and I think... It would be fun to do um, the Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers in AEW because we haven't gotten that in AEW. We got that in uh, New Japan. So I think that would be fun just for maybe that's a pay-per-view level match, but you could definitely put that on a TV special and it would be fine. Um, I just, I need the Young Bucks if they're going to be tag champs to do something substantial because they are still six man titles, uh, six man Mm -hmm. ROH six man belts with uh, Hangman. And they haven't really done much of anything with those. So I need the tag division to get back to its roots. And it, that roots are the Young Bucks. Uh, but I need things to mean something now. Because uh, the trios titles are with the Acclaimed. And they're doing this MJF thing, which we can talk about. Because I have a lot of thoughts about this. But the what the Acclaimed are doing, I think that's has a lot of meaning to it. And I need Ricky and Big Bill to not just be you know, the doormat the Young Bucks walk over. I need, I want to buy into Ricky and Big Bill as possibly beating the Young Bucks. And then I need to buy into other people beating the Young Bucks. Because FTR's run, it was like, it's definitely FTR. It's definitely FTR. It's definitely FTR. Um, And even the Aussie Open one, I was like, probably Aussie Open. Like, it, it just felt like it. So I, I don't know. I guess EW just used to be this promotion that was so unpredictable and anybody could win at any time and anybody could show up at any time and it was just going to be wild chaos. And I want them to get back to that. I do too. And you know, it's funny because yesterday Graps had posted something. I'm just going to out him right now. He posted, all I ask of wrestlers is that you make me feel, feel something, anything. And I'm still disappointed time and time again. 
and you saying that that it kind of reminded me of that because I do I do feel like there's a lack of kind of I don't know like uniqueness in wrestling um like we have the stuff with Tony Storm that's freaking great um you know the stuff that you know the kingdom and Roddy and Adam and MJF and all that that's great um you know, there is some really good stuff in wrestling right now, but I feel like overall it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like a repeat and like rehashing of stuff, which is, which happens, but you know. Yeah. It's weird because um, I feel like sometimes AW fans and WWE fans as well, they really buy into a character and they really like push for this character, like Julia Hart, for example who is taking time off she's on her honeymoon congratulations um or like just the house of black in general and fans really buy into it and they really push for it and they get their titles and then it seems like wrestling bookers just say okay that's the end i need to move on to the next big thing and they don't carry the story through because you know once you reach the peak of a story like interest is going to die out but i think what happens now is like wrestling promotions are so focused on getting like spikes in viewers or spikes in merch or social media engagements, whatever, that they don't tie the come down to the next come up. It's like just all these different rises and falls, like peaks and valleys happening independent of each other. Like nothing feels cohesive. So when you get something like Adam Cole and MJF and Roddy, and it's bringing in all these ties to the past and everything makes sense because you know that these guys are friends. That's why that's so great. Because you have the peaks and valleys and everything connects. And that's why, like, the story with the elite does so well. And that's why AW has guys who do those things really well. But it's, like, because all these young stars in AW are coming up and they're reaching these peaks and then nothing connects, they just fall to the to the wayside. And it's so hard to really buy into someone beating FTR, beating the Young Bucks, because they just seemingly appear out of nowhere. It used to be back in the day, like, oh, they got 20 wins on dark. Like, of course they're title contenders, which doesn't never made sense by the way. Uh, But now it's like, they just happen. They just pop up and you're supposed to believe that they could legitimately beat FTR. And I think what happened this week, especially with, uh, especially with Swerve, with Hangman, with Jay White, we saw the beauty and sort of the just value in going into a match, not knowing who's going to win, being divided on who should win, and just buying into the match because you're not so focused on thinking about booking. Like, why is the match booked this way? It doesn't matter why it's booked that way because, one, it's going to be a great match, and, two, you should not be able to just pick out who's going to win. And we talked last week about how some matches are predictable and they need to be predictable. And I think that has been sort of a crutch for AEW the last couple of years, just predictability and just really just generating social media attention um, based on this wrestling fans can all be bookers of shows and they should all have a say in how things are booked. It's wild. I, I definitely agree with you. And on the topic of like peaks and valleys, I feel like a really good example of that is somebody like Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he won the TNT title and then, you know, lost it. And he was really 
it was really hot, and I thought that they were going to pull the trigger on um, that program with MJF, and then he just really, really, really cooled down, mm-hmm. and there was just, that was it, and, like, now he's back, but it's, like, is it too late? Like, d- did you not capitalize on him when you should have? I don't know. Yeah. But things well, like I like really frustrate me. Yeah, I will say I have liked the last couple things they've done with Wardlow. It does feel like they're in rehab mode, like starting from scratch with Wardlow, which is necessary because Wardlow, (sighs) that entire situation was just, I feel bad for him. And I think that they really did drop the ball with Wardlow. And it does feel like they're also in rehab mode with Hobbs. Mm -hmm. I think that he's in that same spot where they're starting from scratch, getting him um, back introduced and making him feel legitimate again. Um, But yeah, it's just this trap that AW and WWE does it too, but WWE, they recycle a lot of the same things month to month. So it's a little bit of a different situation, but they just, it's so hard to like invest in a talent who's on the rise when you know probably deep down even if they win the title they probably will not stay there and it sucks because even if they're like like sammy guevara even if they're tied to someone like chris jericho sammy's with don Callis now and i have so many thoughts about that but i already talked about them last week and i don't want to i don't want to sour my mood um it just sucks because no one feels entirely legitimate Unless they're, like, just beating everybody, like, without any competition or anything. So, AW's new era. I definitely see the new era thing. Uh, I definitely see them trying to undo past mistakes, especially with guys like Wardlow. Um, Will it work? I don't know. I think that there's... They need to be more cohesive with stuff. I think that... um, the Ricky Starks big bill win is the most telling thing, how they handle this. Because I think, I think most people expect that they're going to lose to the young bucks at full gear. And I think maybe that's the smartest thing for the division, but it's how you get them there and how you treat them in the middle. Uh, Ricky Starks and big bill. What are, what kind of promos are they going to cut? How are they going to wrestle? What are they going to look like on screen? Even if a fan believes it's a foregone conclusion that the Young Bucks win, they should still be excited for the match. They should like they should still buy into the near falls. They should still buy into Ricky Starks and Big Bill being contenders. Because in AEW, it does feel like anybody can be a contender at any point in time. And while that's great because it's fun, because people get tag matches, it also feels like there's these untouchable guys like the Young Bucks and everybody else. Sorry. I saw when he said that. <laughs> Listen, I'm terrified for Matt Jackson, okay? And, you know, his back issues. And I'm just, he's going to take one spear and it's going to literally cut him in half. I. <laughs> Listen, I would kind of love it. Not going to lie. <laughs> I think AEW needs more of that, not in squashing the Young Bucks, but I think they need more of the young guys coming up and proving that they are actual, like, main event, like, main event talent, like Ricky. Because Ricky is also one of those guys who's constantly in the peaks and valley holding pattern. Um, 
Big Bill's a little bit of a different story because he hasn't done much of anything. But I don't know. I would kind of like it. They come out, they squash the Young Bucks. And then you could do the, like, push the Young Bucks aside, have them do something with, something with like, Edge and Christian. Like, non-title fun stuff. That would be great. They don't need to be there. I think the Young Bucks are in a spot where they're going to be, you know, big draws. And, you know, fans are going to love them regardless of whether they're going for a title or not. And then you could do R- Ricky and Big Vi- Big Bill versus, like, um, you can do them versus the Kingdom. You could do Hookhausen when Danhausen is back. Like, there's a lot that you can do. Uh, and I think AW needs to do that. I think they need to stop relying on these tropes. And I I don't know what the... I mean, that's not AW's only problem. And I, I don't want it to sound like I'm just sour on Ricky Starks and Big Bill or I'm sour on AW because I love AW and I love Ricky and Bill. Um, I don't know. I just feel like now I want them to squash the Young Bucks. <laughs> Listen, as much as I love the Young Bucks and I would love to see them win the titles again, um, I feel like it's probably time to you know put over somebody else i mean i think that that would be fun like you said especially because it's in california and yeah they have that advantage and people are going to see them win it'd be so great um but i saw sabrina say and i saw graps uh mention something similar um but what if they teamed wardlow and hobbs to face ricky and big bill listen the meat chants are still the best part of All Out. <laughs> and I, I would love to see what a team between Wardlow and Hobbs would be. I think that it would be so fun. It would be interesting. Uh, Hobbs being... I mean, to me, Hobbs being tied up with Don Callis and Kenny Omega and like guys at that level, that to me says that AW is investing in Hobbs and like that therefore as a fan I should invest in Hobbs mm-hmm. uh, same, same thing with Wardlow Wardlow's you know not mixed up with Don Callis and all of them but he's coming out and he's winning by like ref stoppage like which AW never does that hokey ref uh stuff so to me I should know when Wardlow comes out okay he's going to destroy people so I think it'd be fun uh Wardlow and Hobbs is the tag team um I them beating up Big Bill. I just I had the same I had the same idea um with Satnam Singh when Jeff Jarrett was on every TV show. I was like someone big should really beat up Satnam Singh. Like it'd be really good. Uh and it, it never really happened. But could you imagine like Wardlow and Hobbs just destroying Big Bill and then turning on Ricky and it's like two on one it's a handicap match. It'd be gold. That's what you need. It'd be so good. I would love to see it. I would too. Especially because Wardlow and Hobbs, um, I think one, I think they're both super talented, underrated talent, actually. And I don't, something about them wrestling together, just, I'm, I want it. They're, they're a, a team that makes more sense than Ricky and Big Bill. So AEW, I mean, if you're not going to do Wardlow versus Hobbs, Wardlow and Hobbs, and then you could, you know, who else do they got that's big like that besides Miro? I mean, Miro and Brian Cage. You could do like the meat, the meat extraordinaire match, the meat battle royal. Oh, 
the oh my god a meaty tag team battle royal like you remember like it's a battle royal and then if both members get eliminated they're out and it's like whoever's left wins it for their team yeah teams of like meaty guys and then oh listen Tony, listen you have the chance to do the most hilarious thing <laughs> that aw has ever done it can, be, it can be a sponsored match like WWE does. It could be like, sponsored by Oscar Mayer. Selection turns on WWE. Selim <laughs> Jim, you know you know that you know what you need to do. Listen. Oh. I I say it every show, but if we booked AEW, they'd be getting five million viewers every week. I'm just saying. <laughs> You can doubt yourself, but oh my god, yes! But you're going. It would have to be perfect. It sells itself. It sells itself. <laughs> the butcher winning the meaty battle royal. Yeah, perfect. Listen, I. <laughs> you have to now. Like you can't avoid it. I need it. <laughs> Okay, he said I pitched the AW Meat Division weeks ago. They had a Meat Division, and it was the TNT title, and it was atrocious. It was Samoa Joe was champion like for one day a week, and then by the end of the week, it was Warlow, and it was awful. But if they're tag teams, and Ricky Starks is somehow part of the Meat Division. <laughs> I don't know how he's in there. I don't know how he got in there, but he is. Ricky Starks just deserves to beat the Young Bucks. He just does. And I would love if he won by pinning Matt Jackson. <laughs> Matt always taking the pin is Matt, he, but he's just that's just his vibe. Like when someone pins Nick Jackson, I'm like, I know Nick Jackson. I know he's crazy, and I know he could. <laughs> But Matt, Matt is always dead on his feet. He's always, like, already halfway there. I believe it. Like I said, he's going to take that spear and <laughs> it's going to end his career, I swear to God. He's going to cry. He's going <laughs> to cry on camera, real tears. <laughs> and then Christian Cage is going to come out and make fun of him. <laughs> and that's how we set up the match. Christian and Edge not immediately being a tag team is interesting to me. We didn't plan to talk about this, but now I want to talk about it. So Christian just being, Edge being like, I want to end my career teaming with my best friend of 40 years. And Christian's like, nah, I'm not interested in that at all. I hate you. It's interesting. I love it. I love it because, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to ask you a question, but I want you to finish your thought, and then I'll ask a question. Oh, I was going to say, do you think that Edge is going to challenge for the TNT title? Well, see, I've had this thought multiple times since he's debuted, and I'm like, I mean, they could do it, but, like, I feel like they're going to do the match anyway, and honestly, it doesn't need a title. Um, So it's like, even if they put the title on Danielson... And then, you know, eventually down the line we get um, Adam and Christian. Like, I, I'm so excited for it either way. But, I don't know. Something about Adam taking the TNT championship from his best friend. <laughs> just really, like, 
<laughs> if you did that to me, like if I was champion and you stole it, I'd be so upset. I would never forgive you. So if the story ends up being that Adam like wins the team to title and Christian agrees to team with him just to betray him at the end, I'd be into that. Um, but if they're going to be a tag team, then Christian can't be TNT champion, I think. Mm -hmm. So who beats him? Hopefully Hook. Hook, I mean, we've said it so many times, Hook needs something solid. And I would love to see him do something with, I mean, not that, you know, I mean, he's got gold, but, like, I want to see him actually, like, defend the real title. W. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think that would be so great for him. Um, Jason in the chat says someone with a dead dad. I mean. And then Nick Wayne. <laughs> Please. I mean, you're right. Who, who else has a dead dad? <gasps> Santana. <laughs> Santana's had a story that his dad is his. He's in a feud with Ortiz, but hold on. I, I just need to I need to make sure. Not Carlos Santana. I'm trying to Santana wrestler. Carlos I love Santana. Wikipediaing this right in the middle of the show. Yeah. Yeah, his dad has passed away. Okay. Santana. Why does it have to be someone with a dead dad? I was going to say this only wrestles you once your dad dies. I was going to say something <laughs> dark, but like, it's because I have a dead dad that I was going to say, but I should probably keep it to myself. <laughs> it's okay. I have a dead mom. We, you we know what? Have... Should we, we trauma should... on Tag Talk Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Trauma Thursdays. Another show we can pitch. Dead Parent Battle Royal. We come out. <laughs> it's the number one contenders for the TNT title. We come out. One of us, you know, we pull like a Nikki and Bree situation where we turn on each other. Like they I thought you were going to say we do twin magic. <laughs> I was like, that would not work. <laughs> when they, when they um, turned on each other in the Rumble and, you know... <laughs> I love the idea of someone like challenging Christian Cage for the TNT title and him being like, where's your dad? <laughs> and then if their dad's alive, he's like, nah, goodbye. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, it could be Nick Wayne, like back down to earth, real talk, but I don't think Nick Wayne's ready. <clears throat> um, Hook. I think you could do Hook versus Darby, Hook versus Nick Wayne, like really get that up and running. I just need Hook to. would love. Hook and Nick Wayne. The female demo. Yes. The female demo loves Hook. Mm -hmm. and, and Christian, but also Hook, Hook versus Christian <laughs> would draw like 10 million in the female demo. <laughs> it literally would. It's the turtleneck. It's the turtleneck and then Hook in a chain. Like it's both, it's both polars. Listen, like, Tony, this polars. is what you gotta do. Move dynamite <laughs> to Monday nights. Go against Raw, put Hussey Publishing on the show. Guarantee. Two this is a, this is a Monday Night War. This is how we end it, <laughs> and then 
And then that's when uh, Raw gets kicked off of Monday. Because <laughs> Ari Emanuel's like, we want to move off of Monday. No. It's because they're scared of what happens when they lose in the Monday Night War against Hook and Christian. And Hook and Christian can wrestle like a 90-minute Iron Man. Like, they can take, like, most of most of Dynamite. And then you could have, like, a, a JR interview. Those are always super long. And that would be a Dynamite that could beat Raw. <laughs> the Cougars would go <gasps> Exactly! <laughs> With the female demo. But female demo, I'm talking all the females. We're not putting in an eight cap on this. In my house, it's Team Hook and Team Christian. Like, my mom loves Christian. I love Hook. I mean, I love both of them. But we're bringing the whole demo. Bringing it I've been in love with Christian since I was a child. I know. I've <laughs> I've loved every era of this man. And now I also love Hook. I'm an OG hooker. <clears throat> and so that match to me is like God tier. That is my Omega Okada. That match. <laughs> Like, <laughs> out of context and be like i hate fifal <laughs> uh, does nick wayne have a magic turtle neck vest yet no but he's he should. He's, he's fully embraced the like emo vibe wearing black i love it um he should though definitely nick wayne being in christian's little faction with luchasaurus is a little weird uh <laughs> but i'm totally into it i love that his whole story has been like i just hate darby so I'm aligning with my enemies so I can get Darby. I love that. Um, Edge being there, I think, has like mixed it up a little bit. And I'm not sure where Edge falls in line with all these moving pieces. Because his whole thing was like, I'm here for you, Christian. <laughs> and Christian's like, go away. And so, <laughs> yeah, he's like, F off. And I, is Edge going to continue to pursue him? And be like, please, please, Christian, please. I don't know. It's going to be, I don't know where, I don't know. But if it ends with um, Christian losing the TNT title mm -hmm. and being comforted and hugged and uh, assured by his best friend Edge, I'm into it. And then we can do Christian and Edge versus the Young Bucks. And they can win the tag titles. I just think Christian is doing the best work of his career. And I, I really need Edge to like rise to that level in AW. Listen, I'm going to be honest. That match against Luchasaurus, I was like... I was not that excited for, um, but, mm -hmm. you know, I was willing to give it a chance because I was like, you know what? We haven't seen Adam Copeland, like, outside of WWE. WWE, yeah. And so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. That man, crazy. I was like, by the end of that match, I was like, you know what? Round of applause. Standing ovation. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it does feel, at least to me when I watched that match, it did feel like he was experimenting a little. He was trying some new things, figuring out what his limits were, like what he could do and be cool with it. And Luchasaurus was a solid brick wall. <laughs> and he went into that match and he's like, Edge, you're getting out of this match alive. And he did. So I, I thought that was a good first opponent. I was skeptical. Like you said, I was like, eh, I was skeptical of it. Um, But I went into it and I'm excited to see Adam Copeland. I want the dream matches, obviously, like the, you know, the Kenny Omega match, the Brian Danielson match, all that kind of stuff. But I also want to see him, you know, wrestle AEW guys and see what he does against someone like Darby or someone even more crazy like Phoenix and Penta. Um, see what he does and if he's willing to kind of go past his comfort zone.
I'm just, I'm so, I love seeing people that, you know, come out of that environment um, and really just like thrive in experimenting and trying new things and just like new character work, just really having room to kind of evolve, I guess. And I don't know. It's fun. I'm excited. I'm also excited. Um, I'm just kind of reading chat, catching up. We're coming up in an hour, so we're going to um, try to wrap it up. So if you I guys didn't even to... realize. Yeah, this was a fun episode. We should do Thursdays more often. <laughs> if you guys, Thursdays normally don't work for me. But if you guys want to get your last minute super chats in, make sure you do that. Haley and I will give our final thoughts. Haley, go. Your final thoughts. Oh, my final thoughts. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm really excited to see, I guess, taking it back to Cody and Jay. <laughs> Um, I'm really excited to kind of see what they do as a tag team, um, because like I said, I'm all in on those two after that press conference, um, and I'm just, it's really cool to see kind of Jay thrive as well, and just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's some of my favorite work that, um, he's done in his career, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any other final thoughts, I guess. Oh, I wanted to talk about... I wanted to talk about the Taco Bell cheese, but you haven't oh. tried it yet. So I haven't like tried it yet. <laughs> oh, so if you don't know, Taco Bell came out with a, like a vegan nacho cheese, a dairy-free nacho cheese, which is big news for me because I have a dairy allergy. And Haley, da- dairy messes her up big time. So we were so excited for this. I haven't tried it yet, though. I was... Um, I don't know. Am I going to order it or am I going to wait for tomorrow? Because I'm getting tattoos tomorrow. I'm going to just wait. But I really want it. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, listen, it wasn't my favorite thing, but, like, because to me it just tastes like store-bought, like, plant-based cheese. And, like, I was like, well, I could make this at home. Like, this is kind of boring. It doesn't really taste like the normal um, cheese. And I'm a Taco Bell nacho cheese connoisseur, okay? Um... (laughs) Whoa, like, I, whoa, whoa. I love Taco Bell nacho cheese, all right? And it just, it didn't taste like it to me. It wasn't the vibe. Um, If you guys have ever tried vegan cheese or you know what the brand Daya is, that's what it kind of tasted like. And I hate their cheese, so. But Kylie likes them, so she'll probably like it. <laughs> Listen, but, that's all I know. <laughs> I wouldn't order it again, but I was happy to support. <laughs> um. Anyway, my final thoughts, because I haven't tried it. I'll tweet when I try it, guys. You could. Yeah. Um, this was a really fun episode. I am a supporter of the meat division. Uh, I, a member of the Dead Parent Club. And <laughs> and the, um, the most important demo in wrestling, the thirst demo. So... I think Tony Khan should call me up and let me book Dynamite. That's Listen, my final thought. You know what the girlies want, okay? And it's Hook, it's Christian Cage, it's Matt Jackson. It's- I've been tweeting him. I've been tweeting him. I've been tweeting this man every day. Dear at Tony Khan, this is what you need to do. This man is tweeting nonsense all day. He's been tweeting like- insults at people. He's been tweeting... Um, there's weird things about John Cena not wrestling on a show under a million viewers ever. Like weird stuff. He can't tweet me back. I personally addressed this man a letter. 
A ladder. I've been chronically online for the past like three days. <laughs> like, this man is so unplugged from the girlies. He doesn't know what the girlies want. And I'm trying to help him. I'm trying to help him. I'm saying, Tony Khan, listen, this is what you got to do. He, he called Triple H and Shawn Michaels bald assholes. Jason just reminded me, which I can't object to because my Twitter header, uh, my picture, is me calling Don Callis. Um, something similar. So A bunch of I, bald phobic people. Haley? If you guys don't know this, <laughs> Haley is bald phobic. Oh she, is made, she made fun of Nick Jackson for balding. I'm, I'm going to publicly say that. I'm outing you. <laughs> not. I'm outing you. I um, literally didn't. Okay, this is what happened. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Someone in the chat just says they need to re- read Thirst tweets on BTE. I think I've suggested that before. Like, I need uh, to see it, but also, I can't be a part of it. Like, they need to do Thirst tweets, but not find mine. I'm deactivating my account. I don't think I've tweeted that many. <laughs> I'm going private. <laughs> I don't think I've tweeted that many recently, but I have a past. Same. And we do not need to uncover her. We have a before wrestling media and an after <laughs> wrestling media. Like. Yeah. Uh, the nightmare says, answer chat question, please. What was your question? I don't see your question. Oh, did you like Tony Storm's new gimmick? Oh, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Uh, sorry, I missed your question. But yeah, I love Tony Storm's new gimmick. Um, I think it's probably the best thing she's done and i think it's probably the best thing the aw women's division has produced at least in the last like in the post-covid era i think it's the best thing they've done um so yeah i really like it um anyway before we go i (laughs) defend myself right now (laughs) okay i think at one time i said something about how nick looks like he's balling a little bit more and that's all I said and then another time I John Cena was on screen and I was like oh wow like you can really see his bald spot and like that's all I said and now all of a sudden I'm bald phobic for pointing out the truth okay I love Nick Jackson I love John Cena and I am not bald phobic I'm setting the record straight today thank you for clarifying um The inside joke is going to continue. I hope you know that. We're not giving up on it. Um, everybody hears on it. So. Everybody hears on it. But you know what? These are the people who followed us to Thursday. They deserve to be in on that. <laughs> um, I guess that entire thing was my final thoughts. Haley, do your plugs. Oh, man. Uh, okay. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Haley and underscore. Um, I do wrestling writing um, for Nerds and Beyond. So you guys can check out my stuff there i have a couple of interviews that i'm trying to secure right now so i'll keep you guys updated on that um i also have a cookbook um it's called eating the indies it's available on amazon um kindle and hardback versions um i think that's it it. you can follow me on twitter at kylie wrestling I post everything I'm doing there and I live tweet, but I will not be live tweeting NXT anymore ever again. Um, not a good experience for. Also, <laughs> Jason, the chat just said I have to pause my plugs. Let's get Kylie a Tony Khan interview. You put me in a room with Tony Khan, I will get you the dirt. If there's one thing I know, it's maniacs like Tony Khan, and it's because Tony Khan and I are cut from the same cloth. 
That's a fact. Follow me on Twitter at Kylie Wrestling. This is Fightful Overbooked. There are a lot of really great shows on Fightful Overbooked. Wrestling stuff, not wrestling stuff, all sorts of things. Um, so go explore. Go to like the playlist tab and go explore. Go have fun. And subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Um, this is Tag Talk. We are normally live every Monday at 3 p.m. Um, this was a special circumstance. Now we're live, we were live today at six, but you know what? We had a great time being live today at six, but normally Monday at three, that's where you could find us. Um, I think I covered all of the plug bases. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week, but it's really just in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys in a couple days. We'll be around. <laughs> Bye.